2: This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on vSin.
3: Okay, Stephen Vaughn, thank you. It is the Lombardi Line here on vSin, the Sports Betting Network. I see my man's got a smile on his face already because what we get last night, Michael Lombardi? We got live reps, oh, we got bro. It. We're ready to go. Got Two last football. night, five today, obviously. Headline by Watson, but
5: uh, good morning. Good afternoon. How are you doing today? Good morning to you, Patrick. Yeah, it was great to see the games. It was good to see two teams competing. Uh, you know, it was fun games to watch. The, not A lot of the stars played in some instances, but it was still good to kind of configure and look at some of the areas where teams are trying to improve. So it was we're off to a good start. I enjoyed it. I really did.
3: A game winner from the Giants. They don't cover the three. Remember, that ended up closing three. It goes over the post to total, obviously, 23-21. New York, why don't we start there? Bond pulled some awesome clip from uh, Belichick talking about the offensive coordinators, which we'll get to in a second. <laughs> However, New York gained over three times as many yards, taking that 10-7 lead into the break, and the running game was very
5: solid for the Giants. You know, I mean, look, I thought the Giants you got to put things in contextual when you're talking about preseason, right? So the Giants put their first-team offensive line. The Patriots had their backups in there the whole game. And the Giants' first drive, they were able to to muster a field goal. You know, it was some progress, no doubt. But I think uh, at the end of the day, you're still really concerned about Daniel Jones and his ability to play fast. In, In that first drive, the Patriots ran some blitz zero, which is uncommon in preseason games. But they did that because that's the Achilles heel of Daniel Jones, right? When you make him play fast and he has to get rid of the ball and he's facing blitz zero, then it becomes a problem. And I think we saw it last night. And I think, conversely, the Patriots' second-team offensive line and second-team offense, they actually moved the ball. They took a lot of shots down the field. They were able to get separate from some of these corners of of New York. So it kind of was even what the score says is different than actually what the tape says. DJ.
3: And you just kind of talked about him. I, I don't know if there's a lot of pressure on this kid. Uh, a couple of nice throws, a terrible drop by Galladay, as we talked about him. If he's not healthy, if he's dropping passes. But what do you think overall, Daniel Jones, Michael?
5: I mean, he throws eight incompletions in a game where they're playing two and one. He shouldn't have that, right? He should be able to make, more, uh, be- make better throws, I think, in the game. Uh, Again, his only long pass was 15 yards, and and that was on a run and catch. So I I was indifferent. I thought when they blitz zeroed him and he had to play faster, it was a problem. There's no doubt. And I think that's going to continue to be the trend. If I'm the New York football Giants and I played my first team offensive line with my starting quarterback against all their backups and I produced a field goal, I would be disappointed.
3: Okay, then we'll flip it with the Giants. Of course, the 23-21 win week one of the preseason as we get going here. Uh, Giants defensively, did you see anything, any intel coming out of that game?
5: Not really. I, I think that you know the concern you have if you're a Giant fan is: Are you good enough a corner, especially the way Don Martindale calls the game when he goes after the quarterback and he and he does some blitz stuff. You got to hope you can hold up on the outside. I think that remains to be seen where they're going there. New England was able to separate. I mean, the Thornton kid got behind the defense one time uh, instantly, and his speed showed up on the tape. Wilkerson was really good. He had eight catches in the game for 99 yards. He was able to get down the field. So. Look, you know, the Dixon the kid made some plays on back shoulder throws. But to me, it was more he was covered and they threw it back to him. He had a huge drop early in the game. But I, it's a work in progress for New England. You know, I, I thought Zappy was, that's how you say his name. I thought he played yes. with good rhythm. You know, I thought he had good rhythm, good timing. I thought he moved in the pocket. It was encouraging for me what I saw from him.
3: Yeah, the fourth rounder, remember, broke records in college, Bailey Zappi, Western Kentucky, 19 of 32, Michael 205, the touchdown and the pick. It was interesting that back it kind of that back foot throw for the touchdown showed you a little something like this is a kid in his first appearance in the
5: NFL and he's kind of slanging it. He, He had a vibe about him, didn't he? He, he he had you know he had that crib thing that I talk about all the time. When your mama takes you from the crib, you either have a quarterback skills or you don't. And we're trying to yeah. make some guys into quarterbacks that don't have it. Zappy has it. I mean, you could feel it. You know, now is his arm going to be strong enough? Is he going to be able to drive the ball? Is he athletic enough? All those things I think we still have to see more. But he had a rhythm to his game. The interception was on a fourth down play that got tipped on the slant. You know, big deal. You know, either you make the play or you don't. But I I felt like. He had some rhythm. I thought he was really kind of able to match. Now, the speed of the game's slow. Remember, right? He's playing backups against backups, and so the speed of the game, when it gets a little better, I mean, it'll be interesting to see him practice against the Panthers this week, practice against the Raiders next week. That's going to be an interesting test for him to see. But you know he's a hard worker. You know he's got intelligence in terms of understanding the offense. I think he's got – you know, he looked better than I expected. Let me say that.
3: Yeah, Tyquan Thornton, of course, his first NFL reception. Michael, the receiver they drafted out of Baylor, was a touchdown. You like the size immediately? What's po- what pops is the
5: size, right? No doubt, and he's lean. And you know, when you watch early in the game, he was wide open on a nine route that uh, that got deflected right at the end, and he had two steps on him. And if Brian would have put the ball out there further for him, he would have made the play. But I, I think the kid's got really good hands. Look, I've watched this kid since he was a freshman when he came from Florida. Matt Rule recruited him. I think he's got rare speed. Obviously, one of the fastest times at the combine. But as I said on my podcast, speed has to translate to the field, right? It's got to show back up. You know, time speed is one thing. Playing speed is another, especially at receivers. So, look, it's a good first start for both teams. I think the one thing you can walk away from is that both teams have been practicing. The pad level in the game was good. Both teams tried to get off the ball. The Giants ran the ball effectively. You know, they had 177 yards rushing. I mean, they didn't have and they didn't have a big run. The longest run was 19 yards. The Patriots have a long way to go with their run game. Their offensive line, those backups struggled to get what they needed to get. Michael's
3: a football guy. He's obsessed constantly with pad level. That is what we're going to
5: do. You know, Bill Berman look, asked me, what is pad level? Pad level is Yeah, Berman is was pad, asking. So what, yeah, he was saying he wants, a, he wants a tutorial on it. Like, you keep saying it, but nobody knows what you mean. And I'm like, well, pad level is about who controls the line of scrimmage. If, you're too, if you play tall, hmm. you get pushed off the ball. If you have good pad level, you can control the line of scrimmage. It becomes the game in the trenches and pad level is something you have to work on because innately you want to stand up innately you want to look for the ball innately you want to do things and when you do that you get knocked off the ball so you know that that's what you're looking for early in these games you could tell the giants practice you could tell they were physical in practice i mean they're not great talent wise but you could tell they were practicing
3: Okay, so the assumption, my assumption, Michael, was Matt Patricia was going to be calling plays. He was, but so was Joe Judge. And you know who was very excited to talk about this after the game? One, Bill (laughs) Dolichek. Go ahead, Steven.
5: Uh, Just really quickly, just to follow up, if I could, you mentioned earlier um, with the offensive play call, you're going through a process. What do you need to see
3: to make a final decision?
5: We're going through a process. Simple as that. Okay. It's
4: just a little bit of a... An unusual situation for us that have watched you guys
2: before, right,
1: well,
3: and
6: so I mean, what do you want me to do?
3: I guess we're just looking for a little clarity as to Great. why we're well, seeing what we're seeing. Yeah, going through a process. Okay. Good stuff. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I, I mean, we, Steve, lo- we could play that. The whole entire show, and I, I could just – I love it. I can't get it. The guy was so nervous asking the follow-ups. You would be too. I mean, the process, the
5: process, Michael. That's amazing. Well, because he doesn't understand really what he's asking, right? So, what, what, as I've said on this show and I've said numerous times, that they are sorting through this. Joe called some of it. Matt Patricia called some of it. At the end of the day, Belichick is going to do what's right for the team. And it, and it might be he calls the game. And so when he says I'm in the process of handling this, he's, he's looking at every option. He's looking to see how guys handle the job. It's not an easy thing to do to call plays. And neither Matt Patricia or Joe Judge have done it from an offensive standpoint. Now, Matt's done it defensively. It's different than offensively. So it's a, he's trying to learn about it. And he's also interjecting in there. He's on the headset with the offense too. Hey, what about this? They're doing this. Look, the problem is that game didn't have the third dimension in terms of play calling, which is the third dimension. It is the adjustments that the defense makes. So that really wasn't there. They were just playing their stuff. So it's call the play, see what the defense is. Those are the two things. Well, there's an adjustment to the defense based on what the offense does. So that wasn't really in play. So they'll keep working through it. I I don't think the, the media is ever going to get the answer they want because I don't think they understand what they're looking for. I mean, Belichick's looking for somebody. He's not going to just turn this thing over and then walk away. They keep asking him questions as if he was a coach, if he was Brendan Staley just going to work on the defense. Like, that's not who he is. He's a head coach. He's going to run everything. I mean, Parcells did the same thing. You know, Parcells could – sometimes he may not even have gotten the play called right. He just said, hey, I want to run this. And, and they would run it.
3: I, look, he's a football savant beyond reproach. We get that. You're going to go hang out with your son, the OC there with the Raiders. And remember, the Raiders and Patriots are going to have the joint practice. Let me ask you this way. Do you have any questions about the process Bill is taking with the offensive coordinator – And if you saw Bill in person, you guys are close friends and colleagues. If you saw him in person, what would you ask Bill about the OC?
5: Well, I would just ask him the question of how how is this going to operate? What's your best way to operate to have success? And not from who's calling it, but how we game planning. To me, that's more important than who's calling. The game plan tells what we're going to call, right? The design and how we're going to call it because everybody's looking at the sheet. And so the rhythm of the calls are important, But how are we going to set up this game plan? What are we going to do to maximize the assets that we have on the field? I think that's the question. And I think that's what he's trying to work his way through. And also, as he does every single year, he's trying to figure out what what is his team. He's going to find out what his team is next week against Carolina. Are we a zone team? Are we going to back to a point of entry run game? Are we going to be running crosses? Are we running more verticals? I mean, we're going to find out who we are here in the next 10 days. And once we do that, then all of a sudden we'll be able to tailor this thing in. So my conversations with him being is who are we and how are we going to get there?
3: The Giants win. The Patriots cover. Cashes to the over. I've got bet MGM splits on the five preseason games coming up in just a little bit. Coming up next, the most meaningless record in all of sports. 21 straight wins for the Ravens in the preseason. My goodness.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary. At Bet365, 21 plus only. Must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call
1: 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that
2: moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board.
1: This is Uncanny USA.
3: He says,
4: somebody's in the house, and I screamed. (laughs)
2: the 2024 NFL Schedule Release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family we are listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick
3: Maher. Okay, the college football guide. You don't say I spent... My morning today with some coffee in the college football guide. It's so comprehensive. You, you got to sign up now. Okay. So here's the thing this year, the only way to get access to this year's football betting guides that includes the pro football betting guide coming out in a couple of weeks here is to become a visa all access subscriber. So you can sign up now and get a discount, 175 bucks, everything we offer the two guides, college and pro through the super bowl. Think about that. I mean, that is cheap or 40 bucks a month to see everything v has to offer. The guide is so comprehensive. It's like 350 pages digitally. com slash subscribe for more information. That's com slash subscribe. Michael Lombardi there. I'm Patrick Maher here. Hope you're having a nice week as we head into a Friday with five preseason games. What I love about the Belichick cut that Bond pulled was that it is preseason, but he's in midseason form when it comes to the pressers. I mean, uh, that is my man I mean, with how, the process. How tired, it's so
5: funny. How tired. How tired do you think he is of asking who's co- who's calling the plays? Like he's got you know he's worried about who's designing the offense more about who's calling the plays. Like let's make sure we know what the hell we're doing first. And so everybody's rushing to that answer. And so you know what happens is once that that becomes the prevailing thought through camp, you know you know all we heard was the Patriots' offense looked bad. I mean they didn't look that bad to me last night. Now again they didn't play very they didn't play their guys. So who knows. They've got some skill players, and the backup offensive line was blocking the the Giants' front seven. I mean, they were blocking them fairly well. So we'll see as this thing goes. It's early. It's really early yet to make any rush judgments.
3: There's one thing I did want to say as we were coming out, because I just saw uh, Ewing sent over the splits from BetMGM, and you can find the splits over at com as well. But he sent the splits, and Michael, 79% of the bets and 61% of the handle on the Lions tonight. Let me explain something to new bettors. The market is very much emotion and perception-driven, and what are the Lions right now on Hard Knocks? They're vibes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Dan Campbell, the Lions, they are like they're becoming... America's team in an odd way the lovable losers so just something it's nuts and bolts when it comes to the market michael but also the the perception and emotion plays into who people bet as well
5: no doubt and look we know Atlanta's not a very good team and and we can't imagine that Atlanta's going to play Mariota right i mean they're only carrying two quarterbacks on the roster right now that i see i mean Felipe Franks is a tight end they moved him to tight end so like are they going to play Mariota tonight? So is this just going to be a Desmond Ryder game the whole time? And you got to believe that Detroit's going to play to win. I think that's where the money's coming in on Detroit. Detroit's got that. We're going to compete. We're going to play to win. We're going to play our guys, and we're going to build something bigger than itself. And I, I think that that's why we're seeing these the line move to Detroit and people wanting to play on it. But you're right. Emotion plays so much a part of it too, right? Yep.
3: And we'll get to that game. I'll tell you who's sitting, who's playing as far as the intel that we have. Let's go ahead and throw it up, Stephen Bond. Last night, the Ravens, a 23-10 winner over the Titans. I called oh, it the yeah. most meaningless record in all of sports. There's Ben Fox, our colleague. The Baltimore Ravens have now won an NFL record, 21 straight preseason games. They're 19-2 ATS. They were laying three in a hook last night, Michael. They beat the Titans 23-10. Really what we found out was what you said yesterday. Tyler Huntley once again showed he's one of the NFL's best backups.
5: He really is. He's good. I mean, and I liked what I liked, and I said this on, on today before the show on Instagram. I was talking about what we're going to talk about on the show, and, and I liked the fact that, you know, he played with great poise. He went in there. He could move with his feet, and I liked the offense. They were under center. They ran boots. They ran nakeds. They tried to run two-back runs. They put a fullback on the field. These are all the things that I'm visualizing Lamar Jackson being able to execute very well. So I thought Baltimore was very good in what they were trying to get done in their camp. They were physical. They were tough. Some of the younger players, especially the right tackle from Minnesota, when I watched him this morning, he looked like he had a chance to help them down the road. So, you know, it's encouraging. And, And, you know, when when you watch Baltimore, you know, anytime they cross the 50 with Tucker is the only kicker, they're going to get points out of it. And that's what yeah. they did. Let's flip to Tennessee. You know, I Uh-oh. know we're going to watch the highlights. We're going to watch the highlights of Willis, which are great. You know, the great throw he makes against uh, uh, on a, on a boot play that he throws a corner route down the field, I think 48 yards, but I mean, Vrabel pulls him in the third quarter because Vrabel got tired. The same thing I got tired of watching is one look and take off. Like, either you learn how to play quarterback or you're not going to play quarterback. You're not going to run the way you ran in that game and survive in the national football. You're going to get hit and you're going to get hurt. And so this is, to me, I just wrote in my notes, Malik Willis is a year away probably from being a year away. And let's just put that out there. Like, he's not ready to play. I don't care what these highlights look like because he's got no – no rhythm to his game he's got no feel for the game it's just look and go and that's a problem
3: yeah it to me and I wrote it in my notes as well Michael it was evident that Willis kind of needed to speed up the process because he was holding on to the football too long and then you know it it was a was it a surprise
5: start for you no because I mean you know I think he wa- he needs to get as many reps as he can but I mean, I think Vrabel just got tired. He couldn't evaluate anybody else in the game. You know, that's the problem. Mm You know, you got to cross her wide open and he won't throw it to him. You know, like, how am I going to evaluate everybody else if you're not going to execute the offense, if you're just going to get back there and run around? You know, so I I think that was a concern for him. And then they put Woodside in. I mean, look, let's face it. Tennessee is not very good when it comes to having backup. If they lose Tannehill, they're in trouble. Yeah, which the backup? I was impressed. Yep, Willis is going to be. I, I was impressed. I was impressed by this chestnut kid that they got from Sacred Heart up in, up in Connecticut. You know, he he's a big 230 pound back. They signed him as a free agent. He actually got as many carries as Haskins did, and Haskins didn't show what he had showed at, at so far at uh, you know when he was at Michigan. The other thing you got to be disappointed in is, is they need to get the Burks kid going, right? They they want to see what Burks Absolutely. can do, and. And I don't know if they're going to be able to do that with Willis playing quarterback because Willis is just going to take off and run with the ball.
3: Well, if yeah, Julius Chestnut, 744, 6'3 average. Tremendous for the kid. But you just mentioned it. So let's talk about the Titans and the wide receiving corps. Robert Woods is very good. He does a lot, Michael, when he's healthy. Remember, that was a mid-November ACL tear. He's 30 years old. That's a question mark. Traylon Burks is a rookie. The arch- I know you loved him in college, but that's a question. Um, Westbrook, Aquina, big target, but questions. Kyle Phillips, five eleven, the rookie in the fifth. I mean, the wide receivers here without AJ Brown, the, there's there's something missing.
5: Yeah, I mean, remember, re- remember, uh, Vrabel said two days before they traded him, there's no way we're not going to have AJ Brown on this team this year, and then they traded him. I mean, think yeah. about that. Remember that quote. I mean, I kind of they pulled the carpet right out from underneath of them and and they don't have much skill. I mean, the tight end situation didn't look very good to me. And, you know, I think they'll run the football. There's no doubt. But they are their backup quarterback situation is very difficult. I mean, Woodside's not I mean, Tannehill and Tannehill's got to run around a little bit. So you got to figure that they're good on defense. Let's make no mistake about it. I think they're good. They're physical on defense. And I think they'll continue to get better on defense. But, you know, for me. I, I would be concerned offensively. Do we have skill? Is our offensive line good enough? That's a question, especially at right tackle. And do we have, do we have enough playmate? If, if something happens to Tannehill, where are we going to go?
3: You know, I just find it fascinating because these are two teams that inside their rooms, they expect to contend this year. And I mentioned the wide receivers for the Titans, but you look at the Ravens, Bateman, DuVernay, Prochet, you know, Mark Andrews is kind of that security blanket, but the big name, no, the known isn't there. And you do like Bateman, but the known isn't there. I do.
5: I do. I like Bateman. I, I'm a little down on Burks than I was in college that now but watching him because I don't know if he can win on the outside as an outside receiver with his quickness, but I, I do think that Bateman will be a good player. But if they run what they ran in this game, Patrick, if they run more play action, more two-back, You know, do more things as opposed to RPO games. I think that'll help these receivers out tremendously. It'll help Mark Andrews out as well.
3: Uh, In division. So just to be clear, you do like the Colts, correct? I'm going to give you the numbers on the Titans in division. It's a two-team race, but you've been all over the Colts. So if we go in division right now, the Colts are minus 135 at DraftKings. The Titans are plus 170. So a favorite for the Colts here.
5: Yeah, I like the Colts here. I just think to me – now, look, I think it'll be a hard game. I think Matt Ryan's got to continue to improve. But I think they have all the things. I think Paris Campbell's going to have a better season this year. They need that. The rider kid, the kid that they drafted from Cincinnati, the receiver, they've got to get something out of him. But I like the, I like the Colts. I like them. I like their defense better. I just think to me there's too many question marks with Tennessee, with Jacksonville, and obviously with Houston.
3: I, it's just twenty one straight i I said it 's meaningless and i 'm not trying to be disrespectful, but some of these guys aren't even going to be playing like this is it's hilarious but, I mean, it's just it not
5: it wasn't their fault though I mean like they just like they moved the ball and i, I, I here 's what I would say to that he wasn 't trying to overtly do things to win the game like it right, wasn 't like right. he was playing his you know he was playing his guys and you know, and his guys were, their backups were better than Tennessee's backups at the end of the day. And their quarterback could function better. Even when Anthony Brown came in, he functioned better than when, you know, when all the other, when uh, Woodside came in. And certainly when Willis was, look, just got to watch him for running around.
3: But that is my point about Harbaugh. A confluence of variables to come together for 21 straight when you're not really trying is just a weird coincidence. Okay, we're back. The headliner tonight, Cleveland, Jacksonville, and Watson. We'll get Michael's take next here. It's V-CIN, sports Betting Network.
2: You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
3: Okay, of course, it's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app. It's BetMGM Sports, all your favorite wagering options, in-game betting, boosted odd specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the Strip. Bring that state-issued ID. You're ready to go. Visit BetMGM. For terms and conditions, got to be 21 years or older. It's 1-800-522-4700. So Michael Lombardi, of course. Uh, the busy man over there in Ocean City hanging out with Berman. I'm Patrick Maher as we go coast to coast. The headliner tonight, Michael, of course, Cleveland at Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. I'll let you know who's playing, who's not. What we do know is Jacksonville open one and a half. It's down to one at DraftKings. A couple like Circa's got it to pick So here's the news on Watson. Watson reportedly would accept an eight game suspension and a $5 million fine to avoid missing the 22. 22- 23 season, Michael, but he is going to play today. Let's start with Watson.
5: Well, I mean, look, the league turned down the 12 game. Did the league offer 12 at 10 million? Was that? Am I right about that? No,
3: and Watson turned it down. Watson turned that down.
5: Watson turned down. So now he's got 10 and 5. So, I mean, I think what he's trying to do is salvage not getting suspended for the year. I, I thought the bigger story was this movement that's coming out of Cleveland now about they're going to be interested in Jimmy Garoppolo. I thought that was fascinating. So to me, as it relates to Watson tonight, like I don't know why Watson's playing if there's no clarity on his season. Like why would we waste reps when we know that we need to give as many reps as possible to Brissett? And there's a really good chance – not a really good chance. We know it's the suspension is longer than six. I mean, Goodell flat out said that the other day. I mean, you know, he thought it was ridiculous, the, the, the level of a suspension based on the evidence against him. So, for me, if I were in Cleveland, I would say, why are we wasting reps now? These reps in August are going to have no bearing, even if he's suspended 12 weeks from now. If he comes back, you think he's going to remember these reps? The game's slow? I mean, I mean, it makes no sense. Wouldn't it be... I mean, it goes out there. He has a chance to get hurt in a game. Like I would just say, okay, we know this is going to be longer than eight. Let's get our team ready to go and try to trade for Garoppolo with two games left in the preseason and get him ready.
3: Okay. You gave me a lot there. I didn't see this. Can you
5: go back to the Garoppolo news? What did you hear? No, Do this for me again. Not heard. I mean, first of all, ESPN had it out there that they felt like it would be a smart move for the Browns to trade for Garoppolo. Then, yesterday, Mary Kay Cabot, the beat writer at the plane dealer in Cleveland, said, quoting people inside the building. Now, is that coaches? Is that Stefanski? Is that, you know, is that uh, the general manager? Is it Paul Podesto? I don't know. But... There are their interest in Garoppolo if this suspension goes longer than six games.
3: Okay, got it. And by the way, nobody's more dialed in on a team than Mary Kay Cabot. I mean, she's she's got sources in that organization like crazy. So that's good to know.
5: Yeah, I mean, so look, uh, to me, it's I I wrote it a month ago to me. I wrote I wrote this a month ago for com. I mean, it's there Uh, to me. It's the smart play. It's a really smart play for them because it's not going to cost a lot. You could salvage your season if you went for him. I did Cleveland radio two days ago and we were talking about it, you know, and and it gives them an opportunity to preserve something that they could easily dismiss away because of of, of the suspension for Watson, the miscalculation of where Watson's going to get suspended. I mean, based on all this, You got to wonder how much research the Browns really understood when they made this deal, knowing that the Goodell was on on a really, really uh, agenda to make sure that the evidence matched the penalty.
3: OK, a couple of things. We got Pete Harvey, I believe is his name. Let me just make sure uh, taking on the appeal. Peter C. Harvey. So here's one thing as a better. What's important to know here, Michael, and by the way, that total has been driven up the 36 up 33 on the opener. What's important to know if a decision does come down about Watson before the game, that could impact his status as to whether or not he plays yeah. tonight. So, again, as a better, just something to,
5: to take note of. Correct. Well, I think that line bumped up because they think Watson's going to play and he's going to cha- you know, it'll score 7 points, it'll change the tempo of the game. That's my sense of why that line moved. I mean, why else would it move? Is you know, Trevor Lawrence going to play or that is I mean, yes. the way the the the, the Jaguars played you know he's going to play, and they've got to, get, they've got to use this game to get some momentum going. I think that the one thing they left Canton knowing that they were not ready to play that game, I think Jacksonville will try to come out and show they've got some good vibes going.
3: Yes, Michael, to your point, uh, Lawrence and the first team are going to see action. Whether that's a series or two, most likely two series, but Peterson has said they're going to see action. By the way, Stefanski three and zero in the post in the preseason. Pardon me, last year uh, with the Browns. So
5: that's where we stand. I, I guess I think there's a a great point to make on that. There's a great point to make on that. The reason the Browns are good in the preseason is because their offense is built on running the ball, and so Mm -hmm. they don't. They're going to run this thing no matter who's playing. And so everybody's trained in their run game. That's the first thing they finish and work on, which then when your backups come in, you can run the ball with backups. That's how you score in preseason games. Because too often in preseason games, there's not enough big plays and you know, drives break down because teams don't run the ball effectively.
3: That's a tremendous point. You know, I wrote it in my notes yesterday watching the games. Vanilla. Do you like that flavor? Because those are the offenses, right? I mean, and if you can run no the doubt. ball, the, the, you want to run that clock and pad level, Michael, pad level. But again, 3-0 yeah, no, post-preseason. to have got to have it. you gotta love pad level. <laughs> We got to love the pad hey, level. we got to have pad level on the show, not just, th- not just yeah, preseason no games. It's important to have it on this show. Yeah. My goodness. I well, think get, it's futile. You get ready for the show. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was. The reason I missed your call before the show is because I was lifting all them weights and correcting the pad level yeah, for That's Irma. right. That's uh, right. Before, be, I, I'm going to throw this at you. I think it's futile, and I don't understand starting Watson at all. I, what,
5: what is the point? I, I mean, I, that's my. I mean, initially, if it's six games, I get playing him because you know he's coming back. You want him to kind of get rid of the rhythm. But if it's 12 or a year, what are we doing? What are we doing? Like, how are these reps going to benefit us now? Is anybody going to remember them? No. Is anybody going to understand it? No. Like, let's just get on. Like, to me, if I'm de Podesto, you know, that I'm trying to trade for Garoppolo. I'm trying to to work a deal because I know this is coming. Now, I don't think they want to do that before they get the official verdict, but I would have it in place. And I'm sure they're talking to San Francisco right now.
3: The article's up there at VEASAN.com. Michael literally wrote Garoppolo to the Browns uh, about a month ago. So this is the news, yeah, I, and this I, just broke I f- mean, I wrote it a month minutes. ago, and now
5: it's every, everybody thinks it's a good idea. I, I mean, I appreciate that.
3: Did, did Mary-Kate Cabot thank you? No, I don't think she
5: did. No, anyway, nobody did. No, uh, so, nobody did. So,
3: so but remember in the report, remember what Goodell and the NFL said. They said the details of the Watson case were the most egregious they've ever seen. They've seen egregious. They offered twelve and ten mil. Watson's camp said no. This report coming out about fifty minutes ago, Watson and his camp reportedly would accept eight games and five million. The NFL and Pete Harvey, the dude that's overseeing the appeal, are gonna laugh at the eight games and five mil.
5: Well, it sounds like they want my assumption. It sounds like they want ten they they want ten games and seven and a half million, doesn't it? Doesn't that sound like the way they negotiate? Meet us, you know, in, the I, I meet the us in the middle. We'll split. Meet yeah, us in the middle. Meet us in the middle. Yeah, ten games. I mean, look, I think he's trying to salvage the season. I think he. I think if you if you gave Deshaun Watson truth serum, he thinks I'm going to get suspended for the year. Right? And I, I think the Browns have to believe that, or else their, this interest in Jimmy Garoppolo wouldn't have heated up because remember they've also leaked out before they were going to ride with they were going to ride with Brissett, but that was when they thought it was six games.
3: If Jimmy Garoppolo is traded to the Browns and he succeeds it will officially be the weirdest career across the four majors. Think about him starting under Brady, (laughs) heading to San Francisco, Super Bowl, NFC Championship last year. Trey Lance, who nobody, including Shanahan, nobody knows what he is. He's then going to get traded for a guy that's a top five quarterback when he plays, but he can't play. So in comes Garoppolo to save the day with his beautiful
5: teeth. That's ridiculous. How about if the Browns make, and if they make the playoffs, how about that? I mean, think about that. I mean, think about all. And, no, and seriously, my point that's crazy. the article was you, you, the Browns could, whatever they trade for him, they don't have to trade much for him. They'll get him to redo his contract. And whatever they trade, if he has a good season, they'll get it back in a compensatory pick. <laughs> they have to trade for him. You're talking me into it. It's right now
3: eight and a half over at BetMGM on the win total. I see DraftKings ripped it off the
5: board. I don't, I, I, what is, I think you that know, makes sense. That's a great point. What is Jimmy G's next team? I mean, I'm sure you can play that number too. Like, you know, yeah, is it, oh, we prop. had the Giants were it was, it was Houston first, it was Seattle, Houston, and the Giants. I don't think that when I wrote that column, the Browns weren't even in play. The
3: division, the Browns have slipped to 320. So they're your third betting favorite in the AFC North. The Ravens plus 155. The Bengals plus 180. The Browns 320. And Pittsburgh 10-1. to I'll look and see if I can find a prop on Jimmy's next team. It's just, that's, the, that's your third book, by the way, is Garoppolo's career. It's a fascinating read. It will be
5: awesome. It, it, it will be. I mean, especially considering if he wins games in Cleveland, because all this guy does is win. Literally,
3: all he does is win. He's Will Hill. He's going to join us next here on the Lombardi Line. Remember, five preseason games. We'll get to the other four over the next hour and 20 minutes here on vSIN the Sports Betting Network. nrfi no run first inning over at betmgm it's unpredictable but you can place a no run first inning wager with confidence at betmgm making no run first inning prop bet on any friday major league baseball game if only one run is scored in the first you're going to get your cash back Up to 20 bucks. That's right. Simply place a single or parlay no run first inning bet. No runs in the first, no problem. You're going to win. But if one run is scored, you're going to get your wager back and free bets up to 20 bucks. That's a great deal. It's one of those instantaneous bets. You get the juice right away with the no run first inning. Of course, opt in required. All promotions are subject to qualifications. 1 800 gambler, if you have an issue, got to be 21 years or older. Not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Lombardi line, as we got you back here, we're going to bring in our good buddy Will Hill, Michael Lombardi there. I'm Patrick Maher here. Have you, I'll start with you, Michael. Have you, did you get into hard knocks? Uh, Bond and I were just joking I during the break. It yet. I know, but here's all you need to know. Dan Campbell is going to make an analogy about an animal
6: killing another <laughs> animal
3: and somehow qualify it with the Detroit lions. And there's some juice right now. As we say hi to Will Hill, of course, New York city pod. Have you been into hard knocks? Cause the clips are hilarious. I love Hard Knocks. I watch it every year. Uh, I haven't
4: watched this one yet. I'm saving it. I think I'm going to watch it tonight. I must say, though, it's lost a little juice the last couple of years. I think it comes down to the coaches and how much personality they have. Uh, I think it was last year, Cowboys, McCarthy. It was a little dull. A couple years before that, it was weird, the COVID year with uh, – with the chargers with Anthony Lynn and McVay. So it's been a little dull the past couple of years. There've been some classic seasons. Bill O'Brien was great because every other word was a curse word. Same thing with Rex Ryan. You need the personality of the coaches. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. You mentioned the lions. I think you were away when I gave out the lions over. I thought it was kind of like a sneaky pick. I thought I was on an Island. Everybody loves the lions over. Vibes. Which always makes you the nervous. Lions I'm, vibes. Shocked. <laughs>
5: I'm shocked how many people love them. It's well, I it, mean, he said, really you know, look, Campbell's a salesman. I mean, Campbell's a salesman, let's face it. I mean, he's selling people that he's got this thing turned around, you know, and give him credit when he took over the offense last year, they actually improved. And look, when you break down the team, I mean, they, they've they got good players offensively. I mean, Chark's a good receiver. He can vertically run if he's healthy. You know, they got a really good offensive line. They've got two really good backs. I mean, Swift and Williams are good. We know what Goff is, and they play indoors, which helps him. All the questions are defensively, and I thought they did improve defensively over the years. So there is optimism there. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I don't know how this trajectory can last in terms of the way he coaches and the rah-rah and the intense. I mean, I don't know how long it lasts, but it can get you from bad to good. Yeah, the Lions are five, six and a half, yeah' no, Go ahead.
4: I'll say this. They're not the worst team in the division. The Bears are worse. The Bears roster, the secondary, the offensive line. Unless Fields is Patrick Mahomes, that Bears team is awful. The Lions, I think I can say with some confidence, are much better than the Bears.
5: I think you could say that, and I would echo it, too. I think this Bear team is really bad. This Bears offensive line is a disaster. I mean, you're signing guys late in the season who've, you know, who have had injuries like they did last year. I mean, Ryan Pace just left this franchise, and we don't even know Fields is good. We don't even know that yet. I mean, it's one thing to say, well, Fields is going to be great, so they're going to be in good shape once they build. No, we don't know that. We don't even know that yet.
3: Arthur Smith last year, Will Hill was 0 and 3 in the pre. He lost by an average of 16 points. He is in Detroit with his Atlanta Falcons tonight. Detroit open three. It's been bet down to two and a half or two. You're going to go money line with the Lions. Rawr.
4: Yes. Uh, to me, this comes down to Campbell, his intensity. I mean, we saw him last year in the fourth quarter of 30-point games calling timeouts. So if that's any indication, I think Campbell's going to take this seriously. And so much of this preseason, it's two things. It's, well, I guess three things. It's the motivation. It's getting the news. Hey, I'm going to play these guys. Then the line moves. You got to get ahead of that information. We saw that with the Bills Colts, with the Colts announcing they're going to play Ryan and their starters for uh, an extended period of time. And then, of course, the quarterback rotation. So I just think from a motivation standpoint, I like the Lions here. Uh, again, when a line's two, two and a half, one and a half, usually you don't think twice in the regular season about laying the points. Not a lot of games land on one or two. Preseason's a whole different animal because. Let's just say, you know, a a team is up 20 to 13 and they give up a touchdown. Nobody wants to play overtime. So they're going to go for two. We see that a lot in bowl games where you see these two point conversions at the end of game. So they either lose by one, win by one. If, you know, you get the two and give up the field goal on the other end, you can lose by two. So a lot of these games land on one or two. So if you like the favorite, just take the money line. If you like the underdog, grab the points because those points are valuable. But I do like Detroit.
5: You know, I I mean, I don't know what to tell you on Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta, like, they got – how can they play Mariota in a preseason game and feel like he's going to stay healthy? Like, I know he needs the reps, but how is he going to stay – and then you're going – then you got Desmond Ryder. I mean, they're talking about how good Felipe Franks looks at tight end. Like, I don't know where this is going. And, and, you know, Arthur Smith was – I mean, Arthur Smith's preseason last year was 0-3, and it was a disaster in the opening game of the season. I don't think this is a talented team at all. I I really don't. They have some good players. I mean, I know they got all these first-round picks in the offensive line, but it sure as hell doesn't show up when you watch them play. You know, the quarterback constantly gets hit. They can't block. They have no blocking because Pitts is the tight end. He's not blocking anybody. So they're going to be in three receivers all the time with Pitts at the tight end. They're in 10 personnel. I, I don't like their team. I like them on the under. I don't like them against Detroit. Detroit will be more physical than they will.
3: Okay, what we do know is Marcus Mariota says he's going to play as long as Arthur Smith lets him. Smith has been close to the vest on what we'll see from Mariota, but uh, I agree with both of well, you as far as the let's, analysis. Uh,
5: let's, ask, let's ask this. I mean, would you play Mariota very much, knowing his injury history?
3: No. No, I absolutely would would you be not.
5: holding your breath every time? You know, he, you know, he went in the game, what, two years ago when he ran the uh, he ran a first play of the game. He ran. Jordan was using him in the red zone to run some Wildcat stuff. He got hurt. Like he gets hurt quite a bit. I'm sorry, but that's what happened. I'd be scared to death. I can't believe they're only carrying two quarterbacks.
3: I know that is wild. Jacksonville round two hall of fame game. Lawrence and others sat. Will they'll be playing at least a few series tonight. You got the Jags against Cleveland. What do you got?
4: Yeah, I'll take the Jags just because I think having a game under their belt will help them. Uh, and they're going to, again, Motivation's key. They're, they're going to need a better performance. They did not play well in that Hall of Fame game. I think there will be an emphasis to come out, play harder, play sharper, be more physical. They got Lawrence in. They got some of their starter. So uh, I think getting a game under their belt helps them. And I go back to, you know, motivation, these teams with losing cultures, losing organizations, I like to back them in the preseason because I think there's an emphasis of like, all right, we lose every year. We've lost every year for five years. Let's not go. 0 and three in the preseason. They don't want to start. 0 and two in the preseason. So I think the fact that they played poorly and lost the week one helps them in this spot. So I will uh, back the Jaguars here.
5: You know, I, I do think the Jags will try to play this better. They were embarrassed, I think, last week. They didn't play. They didn't practice. I, I, and I'm sure they practiced a little better this week. You know, and, and Cleveland, look, the one thing about Cleveland is, you know, they're going to run the football on anybody. And so, Jacksonville is going to have to tune itself up. I, you gotta, they've got to get Lawrence off to a good start. They've got to get Lawrence off to a good start. It'd be interested to watch the first quarter of this game because I think both these teams will play their players. I'm going to open the
3: top of the hour with Jets, Eagles, with Michael. So, Michael, no need for you to comment. Fly Eagles, fly the Jets, of course. Those two Mm -hmm. played last year in the preseason, Will, and tied a combined, what, 62 points scored, 31-31. Here we go again. The Jets are at Philly. It's essentially a pick You got a total jumped up to 35 and a half.
4: Yeah, you mentioned the tie last year. If you remember, they were down eight. I think the Jets were. They threw a touchdown and got a two-point conversion on a Hail Mary to tie it at the buzzer. Um, I like the Jets here. Again, same thing with the Jags. Motivation, losing organization. Salah doesn't want to come out here you know, and have a bad preseason. He's probably on the the hot seat. If they go 4-13 again, I don't know that he's back for year three. So the motivation aspect makes me like the Jets. Plus the quarterbacks, that's a pretty good quarterback rotation. After Wilson, you got Flacco still pretty good, at least for a backup. And Mike White, look, threw for 450 yards against a team that almost won the Super Bowl. So that's a pretty good quarterback rotation. I think all things being equal, this matters more to the Jets than it does to the Eagles. Eagles seem too cool for school for all the reasons you guys have documented, You know, not, not practicing hard, not playing their guy. So I think it means a little more to the Jets, and I like their QB rotation.
3: Michael, save your comments, but Will said something very interesting, and I was digging through the defensive metrics from last year with the Jets. You weren't wrong. It is a mess. Do you agree Mm -hmm. with what he said? Salah has a
5: terrible year. He's gone. Uh, That I don't agree with. I don't know that if it's that bad. You know, to me, what does that put? Douglas can't go through another one. At some point, you know, he hired him. So I I, I think it depends on what that year looks like. If, If Wilson's a disaster, maybe they're both in trouble.
3: Uh, Joe Douglas will never go anywhere. He has the best PR team on the planet. What the hell are you talking no, about? No, Not man? the best
5: one. Not the best one. He's got the second best one. <laughs> Who's best? The best ones in Baltimore. Yeah. I mean, the best ones in Baltimore, uh, you know, D-Bodesta. that Baltimore had their yeah. tight end, the fourth round pick like, likely made two great catches in the game. All I heard the, you know, everybody talk, he had two holding penalties. We never talked about that because he's really not a tight end. He's a receiver. You know, that's the problem.
3: Will Hill, New York City pod. What's coming up on the podcast, my friend?
4: Ian Eagle this past week. Uh, Adam Chernoff breaking down all the NFL. Yankees and Mets in first place. So, vcin.com slash
3: podcast. Appreciate it. And you're not nervous about your Yanks? You're good?
4: Oh, they're playing terribly, but they're safe in the division. But they have played awful here for a month or so. Told you it was coming. Okay.
3: Sorry to end on a sour note. Go to vison.com slash podcast. By the way, when you check out Will's podcast, you can check out Michael's as well. It's up there. We come back with the Jets and fly Eagles, fly the Eagles. They're going to win 19 games this year. It's just in. (laughs) At Bet365, we don't do ordinary.
0: We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field.